Good evening, my friends. My name is Adam, and I will be your host on A Haunted History, the podcast that will lead you on a spine-tingling journey through the shadowy corridors of the past. From the eerie echoes of ancient castles to the whispered secrets of forgotten battlefields, each episode will transport you to a different era where history and the supernatural collide. So dim the lights, my friends, and gather around as we prepare to embark on a historical adventure beyond the veil. Welcome once again to A Haunted History. Hi guys, welcome again to A Haunted History Podcast. I'm sitting here with my younger brother, Kyle, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, college hauntings today. And uh, Kyle, you went to a school in Athens, correct? Yes, Ohio University. Okay. Did you ever have any experiences? I, I know that you guys had a mental uh, institution or an asylum. I'm sorry, mental institution sounds bad, um, but an asylum on the property? Yeah. Um... It was, let's see here, it was, it opened in 1874, and it was for, like, Civil War soldiers and um, women with hysteria and other, like, mentally ill. Um, But, yeah, it was renamed, it was actually, it wasn't the Ridges when it opened, it was renamed in 1984. Okay. So... I've been through there with you when you went to school there in Athens, and uh, it is a very creepy place. It's one of the few places that I've actually been so uncomfortable that I wanted to get out of there even in midday. And uh, I know there's been a lot of supernatural occurrences around that particular um, building as well as your campus. Have you had anything happen to yourself or your friends? Um, Not me really personally. Uh, just like other than like weird feelings and mm-hmm. feeling like I was like seeing shadows move that weren't really there, but um, we actually used to uh, break in there at night every night and <laughs> for fun. <laughs> but uh, you know, and there's this uh, there's this uh, legend not legend actually it actually happened um, in December of 1978. This uh, patient named Margaret Schilling, uh, she was playing hide and seek with uh, some nurses and some other patients and the nurses got distracted and forgot to look for her. Um, she wasn't found until six weeks later, locked in a seldom used building. But um, the stories go, the story goes that you could actually, the guards could still hear her uh, feet slapping as they're running barefoot down the halls and hear her laughing. Um, but when she was found, uh, there is an actual clear imprint of her hair and dress on the floor that is still there today, supposedly. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a connecting story of a girl who broke in to see if it was true, found the imprint, touched it, and then was supposedly tormented by spirits or whatever, you know, until she dropped out of school. Okay. Yeah, I think I had heard about that. There's that, I guess it's the white lime imprint uh, from the body. I think that's, I, I had heard about that, that uh, urban legend. If it's not a legend, it, it's fact that it happened and that imprint's still there. Uh, so you had mentioned before that you had friends that had touched the gravestones. I know they had a lot of unmarked gravestones out back. Is that correct? Yes, there's actually three separate graveyards um, that are like back in the woods and right outside. Um, there's no names on any of them. They're all numbers. 
because you basically became property of the state when you were admitted back then. So, um, but yeah, and there there are in our graves. There actually is a graveyard that where the gravestones form a circle, and supposedly that's where witches would gather. Yeah, back then I believe it was kind of these kind of institutions, these asylums, uh, so to speak. Um, they were a great place to put your relatives that you didn't want to deal with anymore. It didn't actually mean that you had any kind of infirmity that made you a danger. It was just if they didn't like you, they could say whatever they wanted and have you locked away and just forget about you. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the ridges, actually, they were eventually shut down for unethical treatment such as forced labor, um, electroshock, hydrotherapy, hysterectomies, uh, the use of psychotropic drugs, and like they even performed lobotomies. Now, in, in many ways, I mean, a lot of those treatments were experimental at the time, and I mean, they were doing what they could to try to help. Um, some of them are just downright sadistic, and uh, they they might have been performed by sadistic people. So, yeah, it it came to that point was that around the 1980s that it was shut down uh, it was actually shut down in 93 uh because allegedly due to all the horrible deaths that occurred to patients in there now i remember we had spoken we, this has been a while back but uh that the the rumor was that a lot of the homeless that walked through Athens were actually former patients, that they really didn't contact relatives, that they just kind of threw open the doors and let people out. Uh, That was always kind of said around campus. I never met any of the homeless people that were supposedly um, former patients. Uh, I'm not sure how true that was. Um, I mean, there definitely are some strange people that walk around that, that town. Now, I remember walking through the ridges and going to the courtyard when they used to let the uh, the patients out, I guess, for exercise and seeing the just uh, the scratch marks from people trying to claw their way up the walls and try to escape. And that was very, very unnerving for me to see that. Yeah, that was actually um, the first year that they were allowing public to the inner courtyard that's where they would uh, release the more sensitive and frantic uh, i guess i don't know frantic is the right word but um easily agitated patients out for exercise there were also supposedly tunnels under there uh, underneath the ridges but i never was able to locate them nor would i <laughs> go in them if i had now, I remember when we went on the we went on a campus tour with you when I was visiting, and uh, there was a mention about a room they wouldn't let anybody stay in anymore that had some activity. Yeah, that was um, Wilson Hall, and the room was originally in number four twenty eight, and in the seventies, um, in the seventies there were. Uh, there was a girl that stayed there and supposedly was performing like witchcraft or, you know, some kind of ritual or something and would astral project her. That those are what, what that's what was said. Um, and no one had apparently seen her for a few days. 
So they got the RA to open the door, and she was in there, and she was tied down with, like, supposedly satanic symbols carved into her body. But thereafter, um, numerous people that stayed in in that room supposedly lost their minds and or attempted suicide afterwards. And um, they even changed the numbers on the door, and uh, no one, you know, they no longer use it as um, a dorm room. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to stay in, you know, Captain Creepy's room either. I mean, if something of no. that nature actually happened in that that room, and you were told you were getting that room, I mean, I I wouldn't be comfortable in that. Right. Not at all. Right. Yeah. I'm um, pretty sure now it's just a storage closet, but they changed uh, the numbers so people don't know which room it was. Yeah. Which, I mean, did they change it prior to try to get people comfortable living in it, or did they change it so they wouldn't have so many people snooping around? So they wouldn't have so many people snooping around, I think. Okay. Okay. And yeah, I, I heard a lot. Of, I mean, with with the riches itself, I mean, I, I heard that it is obviously a giant attraction for many students when they get bored and want to check something spooky out. I mean, obviously, it's a giant beacon. So, um, yeah. you know, especially with the uh, the crematorium and everything in back. I mean, I just remember. It looked very peaceful from the outside, but I was not comfortable on the inside. Yeah, well, you know, supposedly when it opened, um, before it was renamed the Ridges, um, it was described as a very, like, peaceful place, you know, where there's, like, you know, just very soothing and very little anxiety. Um, but then, you know, as, you know, in as it does happen, you know, in the, in the 80s, uh, it started being, you know, the population started increasing and care started to decline. And mm-hmm. it just, it it became apparently a horrible place. I mean, it's always one of those things you hear about, uh, you know, not necessarily with, uh, you know, these institutions, but I mean, ooh, Shady Pine Sanatorium. <laughs> like, it's like they're trying to make it sound nice, but yeah. you know, and when it comes down to it, it's it's not. But I know that uh, that Athens had its fair share of hauntings um, and with the college itself. Yeah, Um Apparently in the Brown House, there there's reports of the sound of children splashing around in a long gone pool. Um, Washington Hall, which is actually has like a bridge over a walkway. Uh, supposedly there was a woman's basketball team uh, that used to stay there and their bus crashed and killed the entire team. And you can apparently they returned to the dorm they enjoyed so much. And you can apparently hear uh, basketballs bouncing in the hallway. No, it's interesting that you mentioned the pool being long gone and the splashes there. Uh, that that has been something that has been long reported. I mean, whether it's you know the Queen Mary, which is I believe still docked in San Diego or not, um, and has activity around uh, now empty pool there oh, and wet footprints appearing. For some strange reason, water seems to be still a very giant attractor, especially when it comes to pools. So I, I just I find that interesting. Absolutely, and actually, uh, there's another um, there's another haunt, I guess you could say, uh, around Wilson Hall, where they say it was actually built on a field that was a Native Indian burial ground. And people will say they can still hear like Native Americans chanting and the sound of a river running through the land that no longer exists. Um, and that Wilson Hall was actually featured on Scariest Places on Earth in an episode called Satan's Dormitory. 
it's kind of funny. I was actually watching, rewatching that. I believe that's like back from like the Discovery Channel, Travel Channel, from like 2008, 2009. But like, I've, I've started rewatching those uh, just out of kicks. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that that was your experience there, and and that that school has a lot of uh, a, a lot of pent up paranormal activity. It seems. Yeah apparently now i i went to the missouri, university of missouri columbia mizzou uh founded in uh 1839 it was the oldest well i'm sorry yes it was the first public university west of the mississippi and the first journalism school and it uh of course has its share of of stories itself uh some actually take place in my personal fraternity and uh some take place in um a uh, not a rival fraternity but another fraternity on campus that i, that I heard about so um I'll, i'm going to start with the other fraternity i'm not going to name names because you know i i don't want to do that but um uh, during the Civil War, obviously the Union Army did occupy for a short bit of time uh, the University of Missouri Columbia. Um, the uh, original academic hall before it burnt down, they actually garrisoned troops there. They had uh, tents set up all over campus. So uh, it is rumored that a lot of the buildings on campus, including a lot of the homes uh, around the area, were used as military hospitals. Now, this particular fraternity says that uh, their their residence was used as a military hospital, and as hospitals go, they hold a lot of emotion and a lot of energy itself. So they said to me, this is years ago when I was speaking with them about this, that uh, they used to bury the bodies within within the dirt floors of their basement and also that they would incinerate the bodies in the boiler during this time. So I don't know if this actually happened once or if this was actually a tradition that they held on a regular, but they like to tell a story about a pledge class that they sent down there the night before their initiation. And they would lock the door with this pledge class and make them stay down there throughout the night. And they sent the pledge educator, who was already an active brother down there with them, uh, just to make sure they were okay, safe, everything was going okay. Uh, but in this particular case, the next morning, as the story goes, when they unlocked the doors, everybody marched upstairs, packed up their things without a word, and left the campus. I don't know if they left the university or if they left the fraternity, but they never spoke of it. So that that in itself is is kind of telling and very 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 creepy. Uh, I myself lived in a fraternity that is at the um, intersection of Providence and Rollins. Now I'm not going to give the name, but anybody hearing this that is from that went to Mizzou that that is a member of this fraternity is kind of going to pick up on these things. <laughs> so Rollins Street uh, is actually named after the owner of the old plantation house in which my fraternity occupied called the Grasslands. And Mr. Rollins was known to 
have died on the property. They think he drowned in one of the ponds. So that was one of the first deaths that was reported on the property. Another death happened in um, 1910, but it wasn't a fraternity member from my fraternity, which was on the university's campus a year after the campus's founding in 1840, uh, but it was not a member of of my fraternity, but a different fraternity. He ended up killing himself in what would be my bedroom. And uh, it, at the time, was the library, which was a huge room with huge vaulted ceilings. They ended up dividing it into two separate rooms. Nobody knows why he shot himself. We just know that it happened. But the most famous death that happened connected with the property uh, concerned something that supposedly happened in the 1950s, where a little girl was hit while chasing a ball crossing the street. Um, Rollins and Providence do uh, stand now. There was no stop light or stop sign there at the time, and then taken and died on our lawn. So um, she is the most prominent spirit, and people have reported hearing her bounce her ball um, in the sunken garden um, outside the house itself. Now, my experience with this was one night I was sleeping in my my bunk and keep in mind like i said these bunks are huge vaulted ceilings they're actually anchored to the ceiling itself so they're not it's not set up so that you can easily get up or down in fact i didn't have a permanent ladder sometimes i would actually have to swing over onto the wall and grab that ladder and climb down uh i don't know what time of night it was but i do remember feeling something kneel down on me and you can distinctly feel when something small kneels down on you. So I, I ripped the covers off my head and I looked. And as I looked, I did not see anything there, uh, but a glimpse of what I thought looked like a little girl. The next morning, I didn't say anything. I got down. I went down to put my shoes on to go to class. And one of my uh, fraternity brothers said, you saw her too. At that point, we got our third fraternity brother and roommate involved in this, and he stated that he used to stay in the house over Christmas holidays. You're allowed to do that. Okay. And uh, he was alone. Like, well, sometimes you might get one or two people. This time, you know, he was by himself. Didn't think anything of it. And as he was in his bedroom with his door locked, he said that he felt something tug at his sheets. So instinctively, he pulls the sheets up tighter over himself and just tries to go to sleep, thinking it's his mind playing tricks on him. Well, at that point, the sheets were completely ripped off of him. But as he looked around in the darkness, nobody and nothing was there. He refused to this day to actually stay in the house by himself. So, um, you know, the, the hauntings, like... The the house even creeped me out back when I was a pledge, and I used to live in, in what they called the new pledge wing at the time. Just walking to the restroom at night was kind of an outer, like, body experience. You really didn't want to leave your room. And you unlocked that door, and you got down there and did what you had to do and got back as fast as possible. So there was just something creepy about that hallway. But uh, now I know, and I think that... Uh, that he kind of felt the same way, which is why he didn't stay there. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, wh- what do you think, Kyle? Do you think that uh, 
that these universities, I mean, you get a lot of these places that are really old. Do you think they collect this psycho psychokinetic energy in this stuff? And honestly, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I could easily understand that being the case with all the old buildings and like the history that comes with them. You know, a lot of these are in, you know, these universities have been established for, you know, quite a long time. So you're bound to get stories and things that have happened on these properties. Yeah, and I, and I think, I mean, we both went to uh, school at Lindenwood University uh, for a short period of time uh, in St. Charles, Missouri. And I know that there were ghost stories that, that were abound um, connected with that university as well. I'm not as too familiar with them, and I did not have any experiences with them because I was a commuter at the time, uh, just going for my master's. But uh, yeah, I, I know that you know, and that, and that university used to be a, a girls' school before it was ever founded as a co-ed college. So yeah, yeah, I, I personally don't know a lot of the stories there, but I, I just know that I mean, if you think about an old college that has tunnels underneath the campus. Yeah, I mean, back when it was an all-girls school, they, you know, they created those tunnels so they wouldn't have to step outside in the winter and walk in the snow. But those, all I know is those have been closed off, and you can actually get some instant expulsion if you actually break into them. Really? Yeah, they they would expel you if they found you breaking into the tunnels. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're probably not the safest thing in the world. No. You know, by this time, <laughs> that might just being creepy. Well, um. Uh, everyone uh, i think this uh wraps up to the uh the end of our show i hope that you enjoyed this episode of uh, a haunted history uh, where we covered kind of a little bit of personal experiences involving college uh, campus hauntings um thank you once again for listening to our show as always your feedback is very important to us so if you'd like to follow us on instagram and facebook and comment on there if you have any questions it just makes our show better. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us personally with a comment or question, or maybe a supernatural story which you would like featured on the show, you can do so at contact at a haunted history.com. Thank you once again, and have a good evening.